Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know there's a few things you can rely on. It's the end of the Six Nations. Spring is upon us. And guess what? The clocks are going to be moving forward. There's one place those clocks aren't moving forward, and that's in Dan Killick's house time. He's still running on Killick time. It's bloody late, and it's time for the Attack and Scrum podcast. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast, and we're very nearly at the end of the Six Nations, Dan. Oh, I know. I know. I'm always thinking, what are we going to do? Mm. I suppose this year ahead of most, we've we're got... Okay. Yeah, because it's not that that much longer until we get the Lions squad announcement. Yeah, so it's not so bad, is it? It's not. And spoiler alert, we are going to be milking the Lions squad announcement dry. You know, I plan to do several podcasts on this because... Because I think we've actually been quite good at not talking about mean, it too much. Yeah, it hasn't been too much chat, has there? No, there hasn't. It's about to get a lot more. Well, there is. And also last week we did a long piece about how potentially Wales' bad form had been compromising a few of the Lions players. And here we are, you know, some six days later. And uh, it's quite the flip side, isn't it? Yeah, could be. I mean, I'd still, I said, didn't I, that a lot of the boys, I think, Gallon knows what they'll do in the big in the big games, and you know, that's what he's about. He's about picking the players that, when the when the pressure's on, they'll perform. But um, yeah, it is a different it is a different story, isn't it? Really, after last weekend. And you are captain optimistic when it comes to these things. I am. I am. I so, try to be objective, but it's yeah. very difficult. But uh, at the same time, you know, you were kind of being uh, very well. What looks like objective about. Welsh players that might be pulling on the red jersey when it heads to uh, when it heads to New Zealand. We've got to quickly talk about Kit because again, this is something you won't be able to see if you're Kit. if you're listening at home. Yeah, but Dan Killick is rocking a blue and white polka dot shirt with matching socks on this occasion as well. And I almost feel like that's the first thing we've got to address. Isn't this very media? 
Oh, it is very media, actually, and I have a shirt that's very, very similar to that. You should whack that on next week, then. Well, I haven't got, um, I haven't got matching socks, though. I'll bring a pair in for you. Do you I, I'm not sure how I feel about matching socks. I think maybe the socks should be a little bit of a contrast. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I went home after work. I, I, I always go with a fairly bold pair of socks. Mm. You tell a lot by a, by a man's socks. Yeah, I go bold socks normally. But, in um, fact, today... Um, oh, there we go, look. What, what colours would you say they are, Dan? Bit of red, bit of yellow. Do you think? They're not what bad. I, if you were to Still, ignore that... What colour socks would you say they were? Yellow. And then that? Black. Yeah. Do you reckon it's yellow or is it amber? Newport, do It's black now. Well, it's not officially Newport, but it's... A bit of black and amber. It's kind of dragon's theme going on with the socks there, which I didn't even realise. At least but... you're wearing socks. Mm. Usually you're not wearing any. Well, it is... yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think, bearing in mind how hot it is down here and we're only in March, I think come when we're doing the Lions preview podcast in this bloody studio in June, yeah, it's going to be all kinds of carnage that yeah, goes on. You've got to get an aircon system. Yeah, no, there's, well, unless you want to fund that, Dan. No, I'm going to pay. No, no, no. Well, again, if there are any aircon sponsors out there that would like to sponsor this podcast and, and help us out with that, we're, you said we, you said we probably, we'll have, probably have a sponsor by now. Well, the numbers suggest that we should have a sponsor, actually. But we haven't. Gaining, what, a couple of weeks? We're doing really well. Like, numbers-wise, I mean, if you cast your mind back to before Christmas, we were, um, I don't know, I'm trying, you know, we were the, listeners-wise, we were the equivalent of the Dragons. And now... We would be, probably be the equivalent of. Um, well, I don't know the dragons. Maybe the Scarlet. I don't know the dragons are in uh, in a different light now. Well, they are in a different. So light. much press coverage with. Uh, there's lots of press coverage, and there's a few. There's a few reasons why. One of which is. Get a smile on your face now as we come on to that. Let's stop there. We will stop there because that is that kind of uh, that kind of preview is all coming up in part two, and that direction coming in for me usually off on a tangent, but I'm pulling you back. Have you had a few? You are. Oh, yes, I've had a couple. Yeah. Well, Dan, I'm not being funny, but when you text me at quarter past eight on a Wednesday <laughs> night and say, oh, I'm running a bit late, I'll be there at half eight, and I know full well you mean live. It wasn't far off, but it was like ten, mm. ten minutes late on that. Yeah. It's not bad. But to be fair, you know, I've had nothing from you before that. When you, when you dropped me one of those... Yeah, bear in mind, it's I've safe been, to say I thought, all right, maybe, maybe there's time for a little... I've been rushing across London. A little cheeky Bevoir beforehand. Rushing across London, sweating... Probably not as much as I'm sweating now, Mike, from mm. being in here. Call you, and there you are in the brass monkey, mm. having a few, having a few glasses, saying, "Pop on in." Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe we should, maybe we should set up a little studio down there. Actually, yeah, we should. Do. We've got a guest tonight. on next week, haven't we? Have we? Why well, you tell me? Who's the guest next week? Yeah. We look forward to. I'm going to name him now, so he's definitely coming on. Big David Pugh Williams. I've heard about David Pugh Williams, and he's got another name, Chest. Chest. Yeah. Go on, why? He'll, he'll explain next week. Right. Has he just got a massive chest? He's got a, yeah, he's got a big chest, yeah. Okay. He loves a spotted sock as well. Does he? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll look forward to that next week when we have a special guest. But right now, we're going to duck off to our uh, to our regular contributor, the uh, the magnificent, the mighty Murph, who has spent the last two days at the Cheltenham Festival and has very kindly agreed to have a little chat with us now. So... What's coming up in um, in the first part is it's going to be the fallout from the Ireland Ireland versus Wales game, and we're going to start by having a catch up with Murph and seeing what he thought about the game. Mighty Murph, he's back from Cheltenham. He's the only favourite that we've backed all week. <laughs> Here he is. How are we doing, Murph? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm in one piece after two days, and I've got two days to go. <laughs> 
May, well, that's it. You've got to halfway, and you're yeah. you're still in the race, so to speak. So, well, I, I'm, I I'm a long, a long way tailed off. The <laughs> <laughs> bookmakers, anyway. That's uh, it. Well, as long as you, as long as you don't get pulled up during this race, mate, then um, right. then we're yeah. all good. That, I think that's probably all the racing puns out of us for the time being. That's all I got. Exactly. Although, obviously, your your tip two two taps did well. He ran he, he ran well and placed. Yeah, mm. it was yesterday I thought was a was a much better day actually. So yeah, today's been a mm. bit of a a bit of a shambles. But if you can cast your mind back to Friday, which yeah. seems like a long time ago now, mm. it was uh, it was Wales versus Ireland. And as always, mate, you are our first port of call. You're our front runner. There's one more, uh, <laughs> one more race, one more racing reference for you. You're our front runner to get a uh, a bit of an opinion on it. So, uh, Murph, what's been uh, what's been on your mind in relation to the Wales Island game? Well, I mean, it was an amazing game. There's lots to talk about, lots to fit in. Um, I suppose the biggest one for me is the. <clears throat> did you hear that background noise then? What, what background noise is that? It was my wife sabotaging my podcast. Did you hear the, the background um, noise at this end? No, it was my end. It was. There's, no, there's a background noise uh, at this end, which is Dan Killick opening a can of Red Stripe. Oh, good work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the big thing for me was, that, although the game was amazing, was that the crucial turning point, obviously, was the disallowed uh, pushover try from Absolutely. Um, Ireland, which Wayne Barnes disallowed. And I can only... I can only I can only, I don't know if it's a worry or, 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 or just natural Welsh rugby fan reaction that, to think that there are some referees out there who might not have spotted that and they would have, the try would have stood. Yeah. Although it was blatantly not a try. I mean, I'm not, there's no, there's no, there's no grey area for me. But I, I just know that there's some referees who would just say, oh yeah, the momentum, the momentum was there anyway. Mm-hmm. They were going to score, so allow the try. Then all of a sudden we're 16, 15 down with 10 minutes to go. And uh, it, it, again, it goes back to my um, <laughs> my sliding doors uh, quote from a few weeks back about the way the, the set pieces go with Wales. <clears throat> Every failed one is like an opportunity we, we yeah. don't get to get again. And that's, I think that was a massive thing for us because we've ended up, the tries are allowed instead of being 16-15 down. We, we end up Ireland playing out of their playing in their own 22 for about 10 phases and we charge on the kick and Jamie Roberts scores and the, the history books will show that we won mm. a shade comfortably 22-9. You know, say, give give a decade's distance from now, we say, oh yeah, that was quite quite comfortable in the end, 22-9. It was anything but comfortable, really, well, even though Wales played really well. Yeah, And as they say, there's no uh, there's no pictures in the scorebook, is there? You know, that score, uh, no. that yeah. score will, reflect, uh, will reflect for uh, for many years to come. I'm going to actually take a bit of a a walk away from my normal character and kind of play the op, the kind of optimistic role on this. Yeah. So you, you mentioned set piece, and it's often the thing that defines us, you know, on those key set pieces. Mm. But generally, you know, one of the outstanding positives from um, from this tournament so far has been the way the lineouts function, particularly with Ken Owens at um, yeah. kind of dictating it. Uh, not only that. Um completely dominant line-out against Ireland on yeah. Friday. You know, not only yeah, is it not only on our own fair, throw, fairly yeah. well, but, but actually was a, a, a key part of our uh, win, I think. They, I don't know what happened to theirs. I mean, someone I, I, I mentioned on Twitter that their, uh, their, the Irish line-out had uh, fallen to pieces, and someone, someone messaged me back saying, um, Rory, Best, Rory Best does it every Lions year. He does, so, though, doesn't he? It's exactly what yeah. happened in 2013. Yeah, he has a big wobble now and again. 
It's a shame, but I, I rate him. But um... I, yeah, I, if, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, I've never been a massive fan. I've liked him in the loose. I've liked his heart and his guts, but I've never, mm. I've never rated his arrows. And I think Ken Owens is playing the rugby of his life at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I don't think anyone would have predicted that um, start of the tournament mm. that Ken Owens was going to come out to his probably poor position for the hookers jersey at the moment. I'm sure, um, our, I'm sure our brothers in West Wales would have. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the one, the one I feature as a side, um, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Like, a, I think going back to Rory Best, I think the, I'm not a huge fan, obviously, but I, the, I think part of the reason why I've uh, liked him and thought highly of him is because he's not Dylan Hartley. Yeah, which is a fair point. Yeah. I mean, I liked Fraser Brown. Was I, I sort of thought started the tournament, tournament quite well and was fallen away, but. Um, yeah, well, yeah. he had to, you know, certainly not his finest hour on um, on Saturday, <laughs> was it? No, and well, I go, on the subject of finest hours, um, your tip was uh, two taps, which was placed at about seven or eight to one. Mm. My tip was uh, Scotland plus eleven. I know. <laughs> well, I, I backed Scotland plus thirteen, so we, we were no better, yeah. and I, I think no. it just it got to. The I mean, we, I'm not, in fairness, in fairness. The bookmakers are a long way out on that score yeah, as well, so true. you know they can't be too harsh on ourselves. But um, it was horrible to watch. I mean. All right, well, well in uh, in part two, Murph, we're going to look ahead a lot to the uh, to the final round of Six Nations games. But mm-hmm. is there anything uh, anything on the betting front that you think we should uh, we should potentially have a look at in the uh, in the final um, in the final Six Nations weekend? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked. Um, I right. mean, is there anything, in the, my, is there anything on the final two days of Cheltenham we should have a look at? <laughs> I was just going to say, based on my my, <laughs> my horse racing performance this week, <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. You know, I, um, one to sit back and enjoy them. Yeah, oh, it's going to be amazing. I mean, Super Saturday is especially when it comes <laughs> when it comes on the back of at the very end of uh, the Cheltenham Festival. Mm. It's an amazing week for me. Um, the other thing uh, we mentioned, I try not to, I could talk about him for hours, but um, we mentioned Ken Owens mm. pushing himself forward with the Lions. He, the other person I suppose deserves a mention because I mentioned him at the start of the tournament is Sam Warburton. I said it, it, it could be the f- a situation where the, the last captain can't make the next tour yeah. if he doesn't put some good games in. Jesus. Um, four games in, you can't really name another flanker who's played better than him. Well, also, as well, I mean, Dan, Dan called it at the start of the tournament and said that, um, that Sam was going to be player of the tournament, and I think he's got an outstanding chance yeah, of being that. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I said he was worth backing to be uh, to be the, the captain of the Lions. He's come in from 20s to 2-1. to one. Did he really? To be captain of the Lions with a, with well, a few bookies. And, um, yeah, I, I just think he's been absolutely outstanding. And he's shown, yeah, he's I shown mean, the, kind of the class that he is. Yeah, uh, the reason I said I could speak for hours about him is because, um, as an 18-year-old, he was sent to the Wanderers from Cardiff Academy. Yeah, of so, course. I've seen, so you play, you know well. <clears throat> I see, well, I've seen nearly all, aside from his schoolboy days, I've seen nearly all his career. I mean, I didn't, when he was playing for the Wanderers, I didn't go to that many away games, mm. but I saw nearly all the home games. And then, of course, he was, went straight into the Blues, straight into the Wales. And next thing you know, he's a Lions captain. So it's, just, it's crazy to... Ten years ago, I think it was, he was sent to the Blues. All right, we'll, and, we'll, uh, we'll finish on this point, Murph. Could you, could you see it ten years ago? Could you see that Sam Warburton was a potential Lions captain even back then? No, not... I mean, really? I think... No, I think a lot of us uh, ex-players who were watching 
thought he was had what it, the necessity to be an international. Mm. But I never saw him being an, a Wales captain, let alone a Lions captain. And the big thing I remember from those days is a couple of years after, after he'd, got, he'd made into the Blues team, Dan Fish came out of our youth team yeah. and made a bigger impression on the first team than Sam Auburn did. Within a, within a few weeks of being in the first team, the whole uh, tactics of the Wanderers team was based around Dan Fish. Uh, That's amazing, did. actually. Yeah, and we also said, well, if Sam Auburn's, I think Sam Auburn was already in the frame for a Welsh cap at that stage. And we said, well, if Sam Auburn's not going to get a cap, this guy's definitely going to get, <laughs> definitely going to get a, uh, a Wales cap. And, um, that's just the way it goes. I mean, it is. At, the t- at the time, the, the Wanderers tactic was to kick long, chase hard, so that the opposition had to kick the Dan Fish and then see what Dan could do. That was, <laughs> that was in some games, that was literally all they had to do. Dan but then, to, to be fair, Dan's through the whole division. As much, you know, as much as obviously, um, as Wales fans, Sam's, you know, Sam's provided us with, with some seriously, fantastically high level rugby, mm. I'm sure Blues fans wouldn't be short of coming forward and saying how much enjoyment Dan Fish has bought them over the years as well. No, not at all. No, I, he's a... He's a uh, well, he, he's up there, I guess, with not quite on the highs, as high a level as uh, Josh Navidi, who, who also, should I say, played for the Wanderers. But he, um, just excellent club players, you know, and excellent partly because they never get taken away to, on Welsh duty. Yeah. So they're so, uh, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a load of fine players, Murph. 100% agree on that. And uh, obviously, we'll we'll catch up with you next week as well. Stay lucky, stay out of trouble for the remaining two days at Cheltenham. And uh, Thanks, mate. we'll chat to you about purely rugby issues next week. <laughs> yeah, OK. I, I'll, I'll probably be more awake next week. <laughs> Cheers, Murph. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Bye. Murph. Bye. Bye. Spot on, mate. That's cracking. Cheers, dude. Cheers, mate. Right, we be- we best crack on actually because we're quarter yeah, past you're quarter be past nine. Pulling a late one. I know who will be, but yeah, that's uh, that's spot on. Cheers, buddy. I might join you in a can though. Yeah, good lad. All right. Nice one, mate. If you if you if you hear anything tomorrow that's worth knowing, let me know. And likewise, uh, I'll either DM you or text you. Yeah. Good man. All right. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Bye. Right, Always great to chat to Murph, especially when he's uh, he's had no winners all week, and I've done all right at Cheltenham, so that's uh, that's very good of him. But I tell you what is interesting is listening to the the whole kind of Glamorgan Wanderers thing. I mean, Murph very kind of closely um, closely attached to that club, and it's interesting you see some of those players having been through there, and Sam Warburton and Josh Navidi and Dan Fish. You know, if you were to have a look at that and go right, I know who the player who's going to be the the Welsh captain is. You reckon uh, you'd have been a good enough judge of that, Dan, if you're going back 10 years to, to say that Sam Warburton would be a potential Lions captain, a potential double, lion, double Lions captain? No, it's really difficult, I think, isn't it, at that age? Because you often hear people say that the best, you know, a lot of the time the best players aren't actually playing uh, rugby now, aren't they? When you look back at your school days, you know, you, you had you had your absolute sort of mega stars of your mm. school teams and they either didn't have the commitment or you know liked to like to beer too much or got into got into whatever else but naturally the quite often it's naturally the best the best players aren't playing are they but mm. it's the ones that will train and are relatively metronomic that just push on and get through especially now mm. um but I, I don't know I can imagine that you know Dan Fish is such a gifted player isn't he um that he probably came across so so well and Sam probably would have been a hard worker so you probably would have out of the out of the out of the two of them. I can imagine that you'd go with uh, you'd go with fish. Would probably make it you know climb the climb the ladder. I tell you what, though, if there's one thing that Sam Warburton is bloody good at, it's 
his work at the breakdown and his sheer effort is absolutely fantastic. And this is what people have tuned in for, is a bit of reaction to the Ireland game. Just how good was Sam Warburton on, uh, on Friday night? Oh, he was... He was quite something, wasn't he? It was absolutely astonishing. He was uh, he was absolutely everywhere. Um, and when you watch the tape back, you just see bits that you completely missed. He was in he was involved with almost everything, wasn't he? He is having an absolutely incredible tournament. I like the thought of watching the tape back, particularly a the thought of it being a tape. I like. Yeah. I think that's very retro. Still going with the tape. I Still go with the tape. Yeah, and it kind of I don't know. It just kind of makes you think of. The poor old producers on uh, at the BBC, you know, with Jiffy sat there in the corner, going, "Oh, run it on, freezer there, run it on." <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's what makes you think about the tape. Um, but he was immense, wasn't he? he, was yeah, he was this right. is this is Sam Wolves and not Jiffy. You know? Tip Tip Tipperick as well, though. The, but the whole back, the, the, the balance in the back row has been fantastic, and I think obviously Moriarty's at the headlines in the in the England game. But the balance between Warburton and Tipperick has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's they've worked. They've worked really, really well, haven't they? And Moriarty, I've I've been thinking that he'll, you know, he'll dip off or, but he's he keeps on he keeps mm. on performing, doesn't he? Um, and he seems to be getting better and better in a position which is a specialist position. He's done bloody well. And um, Tipperick as well. We haven't seen him in the in the in the wider channels too much. We've seen a different side. No, we haven't. We've seen Tipperick he's, being very very sneaky at the breakdown, and yeah. you know the odd leg here and the, a he's, sly hand there. I've been really impressed with his work. He's such a Cause, bright, bright. Cause he's player, never going to be questioned with his play with his play with ball in hand, but he's been fantastic, arsing around at the breakdown, making a nuisance of himself. Because he knows it, he mm. know he knows the game inside out. He's 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 one step ahead, isn't he? And he um, he's so physical though. And I I say mm. I've said this, haven't I, for for a long time? But he is a he's a really really powerful chap, pound for pound. He's got to be up there with you know like Liam Williams. I mean, and. Well, we'll come on to him a bit later, won't we? But yeah, Tipperick's been. He's deceptively strong, isn't he? Oh, enormous! He put, he's putting in massive, massive hits on big, big men. He's not. He's not. He's not doing a Courtney mm. Laws and leveling the smallest yeah. man on the park. He's he's literally putting putting down the big boys. Is that where the game was won and lost? Though, do you think the back row? It was a big part of it because mm. we nullified them. You know, if they if they're not going for if CJ Stander and. Uh, he slip, you know. The glory boys aren't going forward. Then you don't you don't see a great deal from them, in my opinion. But um, this is it. I mean, the Irish back row has been the cornerstone of their kind of success for uh, for a little while. We've and questioned it, though, haven't we? We have, and I think I've said to you before. At least I hope I've said it to you on air. It's hard to remember after a couple of jars. But CJ Stander, I really rate because he's a very strong South African. Um, then you've got Sean O'Brien, who I really rate, but he, I, I think he's a six or an eight, if I'm honest. I think he's a really strong ball carrier. He turns over an occasional bit of ball, and he's strong over the ball, but he's not an out-and-out seven. No way. He's I think seven. the best balance they have in the back row is when Peter O'Malley's in Yeah, there. I totally agree. Because he's, um, he's a dog. He's a dog. He gets through loads of work. He's good over the ball, and he's generally an all-round nasty bastard. As I've said before, I think he slips the, kind of the, the flashy one out of the, out of the trio, those three players are all kind of number eights, aren't they? Yeah, you can't. They, you can't. You've got to have a specialist seven, haven't you? And quite I a few people. So. Quite a few people in Ireland were question, you know, questioning it before before the game before the game got going, saying against against Wales, you know, they they felt that they get found out, and mm. and, and they did, and it could it, it'll cost them, you know, cost them heavily in terms of their line, in terms of places as well. For me, they're not that they're, they're not going. They're not going at the moment. What? Um, None of them. Sandra will go. 
I don't know. Stander will definitely go. I don't know. I think I think he will. I mean, you know, out of that whole back row, I, personally for me, it's always kind of comes down to he's let be in the. I think he's a bit of a flat track bully. I think if he gets a small back row, he can have a real pop at. He looks fantastic, but mm. I've not been that impressed with Jamie Heaslip since 2009. But that's another. Yeah, that's maybe another, that's another issue. And I was hoping to have um, an ex-colleague of mine, Mark Coughlin, on tonight, who's a, an Irishman, and I, I'm fairly certain he's a big fan of uh, of Jamie Heaslip. But seeing as he's not here, Coffers, you can say what you want. I'm just not interested. Yeah, Heaslip. Not. Yeah. I've well, been interested in Heaslip since 2009. It's, it's massive. It's massive for a number of the Irish boys now, isn't it? In terms of this England game, you can imagine the team talk. You know, they are they're going to be playing for, uh, you know playing for a, uh, a seat on that plane aren't they this weekend they will and, as, and as Gatlin pointed out in his in his uh, his, his, uh, his comments recently isn't he he wants to see how they're going to perform in the at, at, you know the highest level when the pressure's on and obviously the pressure was on for us for our boys against against Ireland and they delivered it was where else do you think that that game was won um, I've got to be honest I thought the front row Mm-hmm. Um, were absolutely magnificent. Second row was superb. The whole pack were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, there was question marks, wasn't there, over how the front row boys were going to perform, and they did a brilliant, brilliant job containing containing a, a difficult Irish front row that have um, done well, haven't they? They have done well. I think for me, I thought the pack went well generally. I think as I um, as I mentioned to Murph, the kind of the set piece. In terms of not just the scrum, but the line-out. I think Ken Owens has been, yeah. without doubt, the standout hook oh, of the tournament. Yeah, and his, his reaction, wasn't it, at the end of the game, just summed it up mm. how much that meant to him. Um, but yeah, we even had a defensive line-out, didn't we? I mean, But more than that, I, you know, we we looked all over them at the line-out yeah. time. It was very similar to the game two years ago where, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but we had, within the opening... Um, yeah, certainly within the opening 10 minutes, Ireland went for touch and booted the ball out to five yards... To five yards away, I think it was at the back. Wales sent up Warbs, and Warbs turned it over in the air. And you almost just felt it was almost as if Wales knew what the codes were. And if I, there felt a little bit of that on um, on Friday night, I thought. Yeah, yeah. The set piece was was, was magnificent. Um, it comes back to you get annoyed, don't you? Because why, you know, why has, why have we not performed like this? You know, in uh, in moments then of the other games, you know. The half against Scotland and mm. the end of uh, the end of the England game could have been a it's a what if, isn't it? Um, but uh, Webby was was brilliant again, wasn't he? And um, he completely outplayed outplayed Conor Murray for me. Yeah, he was injured, but before that, he was on a different level, and uh, he should have come off probably ten to fifteen minutes before they hung mm. on because he's so important to them. And um, I also thought we did a job on uh, on Sexton as well for a while running down his. You know, running down his channel, ruffling him a little I bit. I thought we did. I also thought he did a job on us in the first half because there was far too yeah. many intercepts. And again, I think a few of those, you know, I don't want to rain on the parade here because, as you know, I'm not Howley's biggest fan, but fair play. They got a great result on Friday night. But I also think in the first half, so I think I text you mm. during half time, we were intercepted far too often. And if a few more of those had gone to hand or they'd had a little bit more... Rubber the green. I think Ireland could have been yeah, in we a were much different position. But we also, you know, if we put a positive spin on it, we, Bigger was standing a lot flatter. I thought he changed. He, ch- he was changing the way he played a little mm. bit. So you know, if he's going to be mixing it up, um, he's going to make errors. And I like the fact that he carried on going, carried on making errors. 
Um, but we, you know, we stuck to it and, and came through. I thought it was a brilliant performance. Uh, there's, there's no doubt it's a brilliant performance. I think nothing epitomised that more than what we saw in defence because that was a well side that Sean Edwards of old was was steering yeah. because defensively was right up they did not look like they yeah. were gonna they were gonna you know other than the the pushover try that was disallowed they it, didn't look like scoring did they no they didn't fancy coming back into change rooms and facing uh, facing a hook nose. Uh, <laughs> Northerner, mm. you can imagine him just leveling them, can't he? If they'd miss a tackle, but he was bang up for it. They mm. were bang up for it. And when we're, you know, we are, are we the most physical side? You think in in when we're playing like that? There's in the northern hemisphere, or generally, yeah, yeah, northern hemisphere. Uh, I, I mean, I think the only other side that you would say as physical is Ireland, and they didn't look that physical on. No. On Friday night, and we did a job. You know, physically, we did a job in England. We did do a job we in did England. A job in Ireland, admittedly, with a lot of. With a lot of players missing, I think for England, you know, I think England with a a back row with, oh sorry, with a pack with both the Vinopolas in, and you know, a proper back row rather than pissing around playing a Toji there, who's about as much a number six as I am. Mm. I think that that might be a slightly different prospect, but generally, I think physicality-wise, this has been the thing: is as much as we've been clambering for a expansive style of rugby when we've played our best it has been a Warren Ball style of yeah. game and that's what it was on Friday night it, yeah to a degree it was but you know for instance the try that we scored the try that try that we scored was something else this I've is George it, North's first right yeah I've watched it back so many times it was really, it a forward pass from Webb to to Scott Williams by the way. I watched it back many times but I never thought it was a forward pass probably because I had my blinkers on mm, but, um, I think it was do you know what I didn't realise until no. I had a text from our oh, um, no, don't our ruin mate. it now no no I had a text from our mate Colin who's uh, our who's, mate who, Colin yeah. come on well Colin you've not met Colin but obviously no. Colin bought Wishy Was Welsh to the party yeah. so you know Farmer Colin yeah and he yeah, um, yeah he's a very good lad and in fact, he's just, uh, yeah, he's, uh, oh, I can't remember if I'm allowed to mention his new announcement or not on it, so I won't. Um, so, yeah, no, he um, he texted me and said, yeah, he got a new pair of spotty socks that he's wearing under his wellies. And he said, um, he said, ah, oh, pass looked forward from Webb for the first try. And I thought he was referring to the the superb pass from Webb to Halfpenny to North. And then I, I didn't even think about that first pass, but yeah, I haven't watched it back a few times. Oh, I don't know. It's debatable, it but um, didn't even cross my mind. Yeah, I just it was it was such a good it was such a good try. Paddy Jackson obviously rushed up, didn't he? Got caught, and then uh, uh, what's his name in the centre for them? Um, Henshaw was it? Henshaw or Hen- Ringrose? Can't remember. Yeah, Henshaw, yeah, Henshaw couldn't. Henshaw turned, couldn't make it, and um, O'Brien was was in had to had to sort of check in was in no man's land and the way Scott Williams just slowed up his run mm. so he was motoring forward then just slowed up it was beautiful one two and uh, Webby's long pass sensational the way he just sort of tracked tracked out to the right doesn't it it could have gone so wrong we've seen we've seen that so many yeah. times where we've we've gone out to the left or we just run into run into traffic and the pickup from uh, from from um uh half penny half penny yeah because that was it wasn't right on his ankles but it was it was you know it was on it was on on the down wasn't it Brilliant. It was absolutely. He didn't. He didn't even break stride. And how about that for a finish from George? Yeah, gotta take gotta take our hats off to him, isn't he? And was, we have been, you know, very yeah, fairly crit- critical. You know, and it's not to say that, you know, we are we're all big George North fans here. Yeah, massive. Yeah, I mean, 
But that's the George North you want to see, what he was up to on yeah. Friday night. He was fantastic. You knew as well, didn't you, from the moment he got his ball, his hands on the ball early on, that he was uh, he was, he was going to have a good game and he was right up for it. So, yeah, it was just great to see because... Uh, yeah, he's devastating him, and he's like, he's sad. You can't stop him. Here's what do you, you know, what do you think um, kind of prompted this? Are we, do we need to give Rob Haley credit for sticking with that same side and backing the players that we have sat here weeks before and said it's very disappointing that they haven't blooded a bit of new talent? Yeah, he definitely got to give him credit because he stuck to. He was under immense pressure, and it would have, it would have been. It would have been an easy decision, an easier possible decision for him to say, yeah, "I'm going to make some changes," but he stuck to it, and he know, you know, ultimately, quite often, he probably does know best. You know, I mean, we always, you know, we want to, we want to see this player, that player, and you know, are they, are they good enough for that level? We've even said though, haven't we? We mm. don't know whether they're good at that, they're good enough for that level, but unless they, unless they're given a chance, then we don't know. Um, and all these things probably wouldn't have come in if we'd seen them earlier on. But he stuck to it. We've got to give him. Give him a big tick for that. Um, well, I was, I'll, I was I'll delighted you. for him. You could see the, you could see the sort of the relief, couldn't you? As uh, as Jamie Roberts, you know, mm. scored his try, and he was pumped. It was great for Jamie as well, who's taken a fair bit of fair bit of uh, criticism. Um, Rob, all the coaching team were absolutely delighted, weren't they? You can. What do you make of the uh, the little one fingered uh, salute that Sean Edwards is said to have given? He says it wasn't intentional. He's a northern man, child of the eighties, and he'd flip the V, a la Harvey Smith. But um, what do you make of that? Anything? Anything in that? I don't know whether there was anything. Even if there was, you know, I don't know. It what, doesn't like, matter whether there was anything. In a way, it. I'm more quite... impressed if there was something in yeah, it. Yeah, and he's kind of saying "fuck you" to the critics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just you know, he, there has been a huge amount of criticism. Not an enormous amount has been has, has come his way. And he's, you know, he's 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 backing his mate, his mm. mate Howley, who, who's who's the main man. So if anything, it shows that he really wants it. There's nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. All right. Question to finish then. The performance on well, actually, the performances so far. Do they suggest to you that Rob Howley is full-time Wales head coach material? Well, if you look at the results, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't done he hasn't done badly. Um. I also feel that can we really blame Rob Howley when we're in this position? You know, he hasn't he hasn't been a head coach, but he's in that position because Gatlin's gone. Mm. The WU have allowed him to go. He's been offered the he's, he's offered the, the the main job. Would you turn it down if you were offered the the, the, the main job of whatever you, whatever you're working? You probably wouldn't. You know, you can have you can have a go at it. So he's learning on the job. Um, He'd probably be the first one to hold his hands up and say, I, "I would do things slightly differently now if I had the, you know, if I had the chance to go back." Um, he's he's doing all right. Mm. Look at you there. What, you, you definitely don't agree, then? Do you? No, I don't agree. I I think uh, to be fair to him, I, he went up in my estimation a lot off the back of Friday night. Because but he's I learning, thought, though. Yeah, you shouldn't be learning that job. Yeah, but that's in not the his head role. No, it's not. But that doesn't mean that I think he should be head coach. No, but he's getting better, is he not? But you can't afford to mess around. And to be fair, if we come out of this tournament and, in theory, if we get a win against France, we could end up in a very good seeding position for the World Cup. And if and he then, does that, then so I'd say thanks, Rob, cheers, but it's best you jog on there. I still have no... I still, I still don't have any thoughts that he is the right man to lead Wales forward in the long term. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. But that said, you know, he backed himself for the, for his selection on Friday night, and it paid off. And, that was and, that, big, and that's not that is not an calls. easy game yeah. to beat Ireland at home. No, not at all. Yeah, they I thought to be outfit. fair, I thought they were garbage in the second half. That was kind of like a Wales esque drop off in the second half from Ireland. But to be fair, you've got to get that result, and they're a bloody physical, very skillful side that beat New Zealand in uh, in the autumn. So well done for doing that. But I still do not, in the slightest bit, think he's the right guy to lead Wales forward. We'll see. We will, and we'll also see kind of whether it's the uh, whether we're going to get the the right result that we're after against France, and that's exactly what we're going to be looking at in the second half of the Second Scrum podcast. As always, at this point, we ask you to um, to get in touch with us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum or on Facebook.com slash Attacking Scrum. As I always say, no one ever goes to that as a website. So you can just search for Attacking Scrum on Facebook. And best of all, if you can leave us an int- um, a review, that's even better. So if you're on iTunes, just Google Attacking Scrum and leave us a review on there. And that helps us out massively. But we've got loads coming up in the second half. And we'll chat to you then. Podcast Network.